0: where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 247, mainly turkeys. And I am your host and the guy who is back home. I survived the flesh-eating bacteria in the Gulf of mexico i also survived the hurricane in the gulf of mexico i had a very nice week at the beach it was very relaxing i may have consumed my fair share of bloody mary's bud lights wine and mimosas but i can neither confirm nor deny those accusations so today i'm going to share with you guys the story of a main double from my late may trip to new england If you listen to episode number 245, then you know about my second New York turkey and Chip's second New York turkey. Killing a second turkey in the states we travel to on these trips is rare. In fact, I can only think of, off the top of my head, five states that I've been to where I've killed more than one bird on that same trip in the same state. Usually, As I've mentioned before, after I kill, I'm either helping one of the other guys get his bird, or we're all headed to the next state. But on this trip, Chip and I killed two birds each in two days in New York. And we packed up and we headed to Maine with a general idea of where to go based on a suggestion from our guide in New York. He was kind enough to share the name of the town that he had hunted near before, and That was all we needed to get started, and I think I told you guys in an earlier episode as well that we got to Maine about an hour before dark, and we spotted several turkeys in a field behind someone's house. I knocked on her door, but no one was home, so I wrote a note, left the note on the door, we drove to the hotel, and hoped for a return phone call, but there was none. Now, it didn't matter really that we didn't get a return call, because while we were driving to this town in Maine, I spoke to our guide in Vermont that we were due to hunt with for the first day, our fourth day of the trip. So this is late Tuesday afternoon that we're driving to Maine. We're going to hunt in Maine on Wednesday and then Wednesday night, drive to Vermont and hunt in Vermont Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday if we needed it. So I was talking to our guide in Vermont and was telling him that we were headed to Maine to hunt for the day. And he said, well, I actually just got back from hunting in Maine a couple of weeks ago. Why don't I send you the pins of the places where me and my brother hunted when we were there? So he actually texted me pins on Google Earth and on X for me and Chip to go check out. After arriving at our hotel at dark and caping out my New York turkey in the parking lot of Lowe's, we retired for the night. Daylight the following day found us at one of the spots that our Vermont guide sent to us, listening to 20 mile per hour winds and one very faint gobble off in the distance. We left that spot after getting only one gobble and went to check another piece of property that was close by where we also heard only one gobble. So we actually went back to our first stop to listen for more gobbling in hopes that the birds would gobble a little bit more when they hit the ground and it was just not a great gobbling on the roost kind of day. In fact, at these two particular spots, it was just not a great gobbling day. The wind was pretty brutal. So like I said, we got one more response at this spot, and then we decided we would leave this particular area to go check a third spot that our Vermont guide gave us, and then come back to this one if we couldn't get anything else going at any of these other spots that we had to check. So that's exactly what we did. Got in the truck. And we headed to the third pin, which was about a 20-minute drive from the first two pins that the guide sent us. Now, as we're driving towards the third pin, Chip is spotting turkeys in people's yards. So we're driving to spot number three. We come to the end of one road, and it tees into another road. We turn right, because that's what Google Maps tells us to do. And we are greeted in the road by a long bearded wild turkey. Now, I probably could have marked Maine off of the list right there by keeping my foot on the accelerator instead of the brake pedal, but that's not how I wanted to kill my Maine turkey. So we stopped in the road, let the Tom go ahead and walk across the road into this lady's front yard, and there are posted signs everywhere around her property. It's like this turkey knew that her property was posted. The property the turkey came off of was not posted, but we didn't get to meet him there. We met him in the middle of the road as he was making his way towards the posted property. Now, Chip is never happy driving by a turkey in a field or in someone's yard or on the side of a road, just one time. So after we drive past this turkey as he walks into this lady's yard, we have to drive down the road a little ways, turn around and drive back by the turkey again And when we do that, we realize that that Tom that we saw that was standing in the middle of the road that's now in this lady's yard is concentrating on one area in her yard pretty heavily. And it appears that she is feeding wildlife in her yard because there's one Tom in this area and there are about six or seven geese feeding in this one area as well. So we drive by this Tom again. We get to the road that teed into this particular road we were on before we met the Tom in the road and we turn left onto that road that we were just on a few minutes ago. Chip wants to drive by this Tom one more time. Now remember, we drove by him once on our way to spot number three. We turned around, drove back by him a second time going away from spot number three. So we have to turn around and go back by him again To get to spot number three. And when we do, it just so happens that the driveway that we pull into in order to turn around and go back towards spot number three has turkeys in it. It has three strutting toms and about six hens. And this property is not posted. So when we pull into the driveway, the turkeys are not phased at all by the vehicle and we stop and chip is looking at the turkeys and it appears to us that the turkeys are eating bird seed from a bird feeder on the side of the garage of this house while chip is watching the turkeys feed at probably 25 or 30 yards max from where we're stopped in this person's driveway. I pull up on X to see who the owner is and see how much property this person has. Well, they only have maybe three to five acres. There's really not much property that this house sits on at all. And there are laws about hunting within a certain distance of a house, a farmhouse, a barn, or really any structure. And I'm not about to go to jail in Maine over a turkey. Heck, I'm not about to go to jail anywhere over a turkey. Now, in looking at OnX, I do notice that this little three to five acre piece of property that this house sits on where all of these turkeys are feeding and strutting is surrounded by about a 40 to 50 acre piece of property that the one tom that we met in the road came off of before he walked across the road into the lady's yard that had all of the posted signs around her yard. So we backed out of the driveway. We drove down to where the tom crossed the road in front of us and looked at the property there that that tom came off of and it was not posted. That property again surrounds this three to five acre piece of property where this house and these turkeys are. So we pull off the side of the road. We get out, get our guns, get our vests, and walk across a very small hayfield to a pond dam that runs along the back property line of that three to five acre piece of property that this house sits on that had the turkeys in the driveway. And we set up probably 150 yards from the house. We sit down and we start calling. And The turkeys respond and at one point in time they were gobbling pretty well at us but they just weren't closing the distance they were moving back and forth in the yard of that house on that three to five acre piece of property but they just were not coming really any closer to us at one point in time i thought there might be a chance that they're breaking away and going to come our direction but we decided to play the quiet game with them and i don't know if they lost interest or if they just were never going to come to us anyway, but they shut up. We got them gobbling again about 20-25 minutes later, and then the gobbling petered out. But before it died out completely, we noticed that the turkeys had moved. They had moved from the driveway, which was to our left, out of the yard of the house that's on that three to five acre piece of property, and to our right, which is the direction that we met that tom in the middle of the road so we kind of suspected after all of the toms went quiet that that group of turkeys had gone across the road into the posted ladies yard to feed as well we decided at that point we were going to back out go back out to the truck and drive by the posted ladies house which we did and to no surprise to us there are four long-bearded turkeys and about six or seven hens feeding with two geese in this lady's yard in the exact same spot where we left the one tom feeding with a bunch of geese. So I've already mentioned to you that Chip doesn't like to drive by just one time. So we have to drive by again. This time I'm paying very close attention to the neighboring property that borders the posted lady's house because I kind of feel like that might be our opportunity at getting a chance at those birds. So we stop again in the driveway of the house that sits on that three to five acres where we saw that flock of turkeys. I pulled up on again. I looked to see kind of the layout of the neighboring property next door to Posted Lady's house and to see who owns it. And it looks like the owner lives on it. And it's about a 40... Five acre piece of property. It is narrow and deep. So, as far as road frontage goes, there's not much of it. But the property is pretty deep, running from the road back past the house, and there's a good section of woods back behind the house. So, I told Chip, I said, that's probably how we're going to get to those turkeys. And I think that we need to go and knock on the door of that house and see if we can get permission to hunt those birds. Now it's still early. It's probably not even 5 45 or 6 o'clock in the morning at this point. I'm not about to go knock on the door of someone's house at 5 45 or 6 o'clock in the morning to ask permission to hunt their property. So we decided we would leave the area, go on and check pin number three, pin number four, pin number five, and there is a little piece of Public land that we wanted to go check as well. So we went and checked the areas, the pins that our Vermont guide had sent us to see if we could strike a bird. We didn't have any luck. We did spot some more birds on the road headed to pin number three, but after knocking on a few doors to see if we could get permission to hunt, we couldn't find anyone. No one was home. So after checking the other spots, pins number three, four, and five, not getting any birds. Chip said, "Let's go back and check pins number 1 and 2, and don't we have to drive by the Posted Ladies Yard on our way to check pins number 1 and 2?" And I said, "Yeah, we do." So we headed back by there again. When we get to Posted Ladies Yard, we check the area where we suspected there was some feed out for the wildlife and there were no turkeys, only one goose. So we continue to drive, we go around the curve in the road, and we get to this narrow and deep piece of property that I thought would be our key to being able to get onto these birds. And Eagle Eye Chip, who can spot a turkey a mile away, says there they are. So I stopped the truck and look, and sure enough, the turkeys are in the front yard of the house sitting on this narrow and deep piece of property. So we continue down the road. We stop because we have to drive by the turkeys again. And we drive by the turkeys again. We stop. We have to drive by them one more time because that's what Chip likes to do. And as we're driving by this time, I just pulled into the driveway when I pulled in the driveway Chip said are you about to ask him if we can hunt those turkeys and I said yeah there's three strutters in his yard I don't know where the one solo Tom went but there's three strutters in his yard with six or seven hens I'm about to knock on their door and ask if we can hunt these turkeys so I pull up in their driveway I get out of the truck Chip gets out of the truck the garage door on the front of the house is open. There are no vehicles in it, but there are some building materials on a couple of saw horses in the garage. And I walk by the garage, go to the front door, knock on the front door, no answer. And Chip and I are talking while we're standing on the front porch, and I hear a saw running, like a table or a chop saw running. And I said to Chip, do you hear that saw running? And he said, I hear... Something. Remember, he doesn't hear very well. And I said, They're outside. They're not inside the house. They're outside working on something. Let's go walk around the other side of the garage and see if we can find them. So we walk around the garage, and as soon as I round the garage, I see a man and a lady with a couple of sawhorses, some lumber, and believe it or not, a saw. And when I rounded the corner, of course, I didn't want to startle them. And I said, Hello. And the guy stops and he looks up at me and I said, now remember, I'm dressed in full camo and boots, rubber boots up to my knees, and Chip has on full camo and boots. And I said to this man, I bet you cannot guess what I'm about to ask you. And he looked at me and he said, you should have been here at 6 a.m. They were standing in the front yard at 6 a.m. Now, this is about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at him and I said, they're standing in your front yard right now. And he says to me, go get them. And I said, thank you very much. We will definitely do that. Would you like the meat if we're lucky enough to kill them? And he said, no, we don't want the meat. We have so much moose meat and deer meat in our freezer. We don't have room for any turkey. So I said, okay, thank you very much. Then all of a sudden, Chip wants to talk. Now, keep in mind, we have three strutting turkeys in the front yard of this house that have just watched us walk by them twice. Once from the vehicle to the front door, and then once from the front door around the front of the house to the garage. And the turkeys haven't flinched, they haven't moved. They are locked up in full strut in the front yard of this house. To give you some perspective, they are probably 50 yards from the front porch. They're in range of a 12-gauge from the front porch of the house. And Chip wants to strike up a conversation with this gentleman that's just given us permission to hunt his property. Chip loves to ask the question in his slow southern drawl. I bet you can't guess that we're not from around here. And the guy says, oh yeah, I can definitely tell you're not from around here. Where in the southeast are you from? And Chip said, we're from Alabama. And next thing I know, about 10 minutes has gone by, Chip has gotten this gentleman to open up about his past, that he used to be a baseball coach, and Chip's father-in-law used to play Major League Baseball and has and still does coach baseball, minor league ball. So Chip asks him if he knows his father-in-law, and the gentleman says, yes, I know him. I know him pretty well. In fact, he's my brother's idol. So then they're going to chit-chat for another five minutes about Chip's father-in-law. Meanwhile, I am getting a little twitchy because I'm ready to go kill a turkey. I'm ready to go kill two turkeys, one for me and one for Chip. And I feel pretty confident in our odds of success in being able to kill these turkeys. But I don't want to be rude to this gentleman who's just given us permission to hunt his property. So what do I do? Well, I slowly start to just ease on back in the direction of the vehicle. And I guess at that point in time, Chip kind of got the hint as well, because he starts to slowly ease back towards the vehicle with me. So finally, after he tells the gentleman, thank you, we'll be sure to stop by before we leave, and we'll talk to you some more then. So we go to the truck, get our guns, get our vests, Don't really know why we need our vests, but we get our vests. And here comes the gentleman that gave us permission to hunt his property around the corner of his garage. And he says, hey guys, one of you may want to walk around this side of the ridge that the turkeys are down on and sit while the other one stays on top of the ridge and calls because the turkeys like to drop off of the ridge that they're on right now and walk along the edge of the ridge going past the house, which actually would put them down below the house in elevation. And so we said, okay. And it struck me as odd at that point in time that he would come and say that to us. Because why wouldn't we just walk straight to the turkeys, find a spot to sit down and call, and try to call them just up the toe of the ridge to where they're in gun range. And in addition to that, How does he know that when we start calling to the turkeys, that they are not going to come in? That they're going to drop off the toe of the ridge that they're on and move past us, past his house, and up into the woods behind his house? Well, we don't listen to him, and we decide to walk straight to the turkeys. Well, there's a couple of pretty big rocks and a big wood pile between the house and the turkeys. And we get that wood pile between us and the turkeys and we make our way to the wood pile. The wood pile is probably 35 yards from the turkeys. So we get to the wood pile and I said, I'm going to just ease up over the top of the wood pile and see where the turkeys are. So I ease up and I look in that direction and they're about 35 yards away in full strut. And Chip says, let's just sit right here behind this woodpile and call and they should just walk right up here to us. And now I'm going to give away this part of the hunt when I say that in hindsight, what we should have done was just both stand up from a sitting position behind the woodpile and shot turkeys, but we didn't. Well, they're still in full strut. I mean, they are locked up in strut. They have not been out of strut any time that we have seen that group of three birds with the hens. Neither Chip nor I want to shoot turkeys in full strut. We'll do it, but it's not what we prefer to do. And remember that statement here in just a minute. So we sit with our guns over the top of this woodpile and call. Well, after five minutes of light calling and nothing happening... No response, no visual on a bird. Chip said, Why don't you ease up and peek over the top of the woodpile again and see if those turkeys are still standing there? So when I peek over the top of the woodpile, I don't see the turkeys. They didn't come towards us, so they must have gone away from us. So I told Chip, I didn't see them anywhere. So we both slowly stand up, looking over the woodpile, and the turkeys are not where they were. As we're standing there, Chip says, there's one of them right there. And I said, where? And he said, over your right shoulder, about 100 yards up on the ridge. Well, I look over my right shoulder up on the ridge, and sure enough, there's a tom over there with two hens. And I asked Chip, do you see the other turkeys? And he said, no, I don't. So now we're thinking that the gentleman that owns the property told us right one of us did need to drop off the edge of that ridge that we were on because one of those three strutters skirted us, dropped off the toe of the ridge away from us, then walked by us at a lower elevation down in the bottom off of this little ridge and walked on past us, past the house, and up on the next ridge back behind the house. And that's when it became pretty apparent to me That the owner of the property may not hunt turkeys, but he likes to call and mess with turkeys. And these turkeys know it. And so when he calls to them, when they're standing just off the top of that ridge that runs up to his front door, they drop off of the ridge, down into the bottom, at that lower elevation, walk past his house, up on top of the next ridge, and into the woods behind his house. That's how he knows what they do. This one Tom up on the ridge over my right shoulder had been watching us the entire time. And he walks into the woods out of the yard and we watched him move on out of sight. When he got out of sight, we made our move in that direction, got into the woods with him and began to call. And he responded, but he was not coming any closer In fact, he's moving just randomly through the woods after another 10 or 15 minutes of being in the woods in the general area with him and him gobbling sporadically. We figured out why he's just kind of wandering around back and forth in the woods around us. And there's two or three Jakes in the woods that are running him around. So at that point, we're looking at each other asking, where are the other Toms? Because they were all together at one point why is this one tom in the woods wandering around being chased by a bunch of jakes? Where are the other toms? Because you would think, since they were all together, they would be teaming up and running the jakes off. So I told Chip, I said, let's leave this bird alone, and let's go back to the truck. Go get some lunch, and come back mid-afternoon, and see if we can't get something going over here on this guy's property mid-afternoon. So, He agreed. We walked back to the truck, put our gear up, went and talked to the gentleman and his wife. They gave us permission to hunt their property. Told them, thank you. Asked them if it was okay if we came back in the afternoon that the turkeys had eased off and that we were going to go get something to eat and just come back if that was okay with him. Well, he said, that's no problem. He said, when you come back in the afternoon, you need to be in the backyard. And they come from my other neighbor's yard through my yard, into the posted lady's yard to eat again before they walk across the road to go roost. This gentleman knows the routine of these birds. They do it that frequently. So we thanked him for the opportunity, got in the vehicle. Well, we drove down this driveway, got to the county road, turned right on the county road, and I told Chip, I said, I want to drive down this road and just see what's out here to see if there's some more turkeys that we can find out in the field to see if there's some more property we can get permission to hunt. Let's just go on a little mission. Oh, and also in our conversation with the gentleman that gave us permission to hunt his property, he told us about his cousin's property that if you turn right out of his driveway and go about a half mile down that road, his cousin's property was on the right and there's most every single day in the afternoon at about one o'clock, there is a big tom in the corner of his cousin's hayfield with a couple of hens. So it wasn't quite one o'clock, but I wanted to drive by there and just take a look at the property, see if we could identify what land it was that his cousin owned. And when we came back from lunch, maybe we'd have a little bit better idea of what we could possibly do at his place, or we could have him call his cousin to get permission to hunt his cousin's place if that tom was out there with the hens like he said always happens at one o'clock so as we turn right out of this gentleman's driveway we drive about 50 yards and chip says there they are right there in full strut with the hens so the toms that were at one point in time about 50 yards from the front door of this house have now moved towards the county road and they were about 30 yards off of the county road In some very thick brush. Again, still in full strut. So Chip says, let's turn around and drive by them again. (laughs) So we drive by them again. And sure enough, that's where they are. They're in the shade, in this thick brush, just hanging out. So we pull into the guy's driveway. We back up, drive by them again. Chip said, I think if you drive past them, we can park the truck. Walk back to them a little ways. There's a roadbed that sits up about three or four feet in elevation that runs perpendicular to the county road. And I think we can get on the other side of that roadbed from those turkeys. Crawl up to the top of the roadbed, and the turkey should be 30 yards on the other side of the roadbed. So I told Chip, I said, You're probably right. We could probably do that and kill those turkeys, but I am not comfortable parking our truck on the side of the road when it's not on this gentleman's property. It's going to have to be parked on someone else's property, and I'm not comfortable doing that and then walking down the county road with a shotgun slung over my shoulder to walk onto this gentleman's property to try to get an opportunity to kill these turkeys. So why don't you let me drop you off and you go kill one of them? And he said, okay, that'll work. And I said, I'm just going to pull up the road. After I drop you off, I'm going to pull up a couple hundred yards. There's a little turn off on the side of the road. I'm just going to pull onto that turn off and I'm just going to sit in the truck. I'll have my phone and after you shoot, call me and I'll pull back down here and pick you up. He said, well, that sounds like a plan. So I drop off Chip. He gets his gun, and I drop him off to where that roadbed is between him and the turkeys. Come to find out a little bit later that the gentleman that gave us permission to hunt his property had pushed that roadbed up and was building a road there for his daughter to build a house on that section of his property, and that was going to be her driveway. So all of this area where these turkeys are and the area that we're approaching from, about three or four years ago, was all cleared out. Well, now it's grown up in this underbrush, briars, and some young saplings anywhere from three to five feet tall, and it's fairly thick. Now, not all of the trees and plants have leafed out at this point, so it's still a little barren, a little open in there, but it's thick with saplings and branches, just new undergrowth. But it was pretty warm that day. It was probably 80 degrees. And those turkeys were just hanging out in what little bit of shade that underbrush would give them. And they were also in a little drainage area. So there was some water in there. And we came to find out a little bit later as well. It was about, I'd say three to maybe five degrees cooler in that area because of the water and because of the shade. And there's a takeaway for you guys right there. i'll come back and cover that in a little bit so the turkeys are hanging out in that area i've dropped off chip and i've pulled into a parking spot and it's actually not the same parking spot that i originally planned on parking in it was a much better parking spot it was just a pull-off on the side of the road and it was across the street from the corner of the gentleman's property that we were hunting And after I parked there, I thought to myself, man, I wish I would remembered that this little parking spot was here because this is a much better spot to park than where I was originally going to park. And I wouldn't hesitate to leave the vehicle here and go across the road with Chip, but I'd already dropped off Chip. I'm sitting there. I've got my phone out. I'm doing some work and I get a text message and it says, do you want to try and crawl in here? question mark and I replied back yes but I want you to shoot if they start to move off and he replies come on I'm 30 yards off of the road so I left the truck parked where it was the property where the truck was parked was not posted either but it's on the side of the road it's on the right-of way of the road I leave the truck get my gun walk down the paved road with my gun and I look in the woods and I see chip and he is squatted down on on the top of this roadbed and he motions to me to walk back up the road towards the truck that I had walked too far. So I walk back towards the truck, I look over there at him and he motions for me to come to him. So I crouch down and I start walking I get up to the edge of the roadbed on the opposite side of it from where the turkeys are. He's up at the top of the roadbed. there is a blowdown right in front of him and he looks at me and he whispers, just move to your left a little bit and crawl up here and you'll keep me between you and the turkeys and this brush pile between us as well. So I crawl up there, I get to where Chip is, and he says, do you see them right there? And I kind of peek through that blowdown, and I see a black bird all puffed up. And I said, yeah, I see them." He said, do you think they're in range? And I looked at him because I thought he was kidding. And I said, Chip, they might be 20 or 25 yards away. Yeah, they're in range. And he said, all right, let's just ease up on our knees. And when they see us move, they should come out of strut and stick their heads up. And he's right. They should. So we ease up. Guns already shouldered. Fingers on the safeties. We ease up and the turkeys don't even blink. They're still locked up in full strut. And now there's two or three hens around them that we can see. And I said, Chip, they're not coming out of strut. And he said, let me call to him and see if he'll poke their head up. And with his natural voice, he goes,
1: "Yow, meow.
0: Nothing. They are still locked up in strut. And I kind of laughed a little bit and said, They're not coming out of strut. He said, They'll come out of strut if we stand up. I said, Yeah, but we're going to have to shoot pretty quickly if we stand up. He said, Let's stand up. So we stand up. The turkeys still are in full strut. Have not broken strut and he said, shoot the one on the left, and after you shoot, I'm going to shoot. I said, all right, are you ready? And he said, I'm ready. And about that time, the turkey that was on the left turns and is broadside to me, and I have a perfect view of the outline of his head. He's in full strut. I put the side of the gun on him, click the safety off, squeeze the trigger.
2: Boom!
0: When I did, turkey's flew up out of the bushes everywhere and chip i see him swing his gun and boom he shoots and from where i see him pointing his gun and he shoots i see a turkey fly up and i holler shoot him again and chip kind of looks at me and he says why i said your turkey just flew off and he said no my turkey's laying on the ground over here so i walked over to my turkey he went over and got his turkey he brought his turkey over to where i was standing Put his turkey down and we sat there and then i remembered i never turned the recorder on so at that point in time i pulled the recorder out of my pocket recorded a little bit of post hunt audio and i'm going to play that for you guys now Check your he is freaking huge
2: this thing got almost inch and a half
0: this is almost inch and a half
2: who in the world going to do that
0: I thought Two days in row. I thought yours flew when you shot. Right. Was that a Jake flew that
2: flew? That's one of the hens I think. Okay. But he flew and landed right there and his big old redhead was just sticking up out of that tall grass. I
0: ooh. Well, I was making sure mine was gone, so I I guess I got when I shot birds flew. I was making sure mine was down. Look at that hook right there. Mine is not flinched. Yeah, mine's the same exact way. They're freaking huge. So, if there's a bird that's roughing them up, what does he look like? Hey.
2: How's that one? I mean, two days in a row with four or five years. They knocked another state.
0: he's dead he's gone I I hadn't touched him yet if you touch him he may go to
2: flopping Joker's just locked up in the shade right here this feels good right here it does
0: man I cannot believe that that was not it's not even 20 yards
2: I mean, it's, it was impossible impossible for me to guess. I knew that I Just was Just because there's so, so much crap. I knew I, I mean, was going to shoot him,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for texting me. <laughs> I'm glad I was off the phone. <laughs> well, um,
2: I appreciate you dropping me off. If you're going to drop me off, I'll at least try to take care of you. Plus, I, don't, I, I, I wasn't going to let him get away waiting on you. Yeah. But... Um. This is. This is like screwing a hot.
0: Um. He. Oh, he's good. He can go anywhere. He's still not out of
1: strut.
0: Good gosh, at the beard on that turkey. That's got to be close to 11 inches. It's 10 and a half to 11.
2: You know, I remember when he was right there? You know what he was doing? Drinking? Getting water. Just standing in the shade. What else could you ask for?
0: With girls all around.
2: Oh. I mean,
1: hey, no. so,
2: pull your beard out you and send a picture to the group.
0: gosh! I mean, they're they're twins. I'm,
1: I'm
0: gonna take a picture of them first. I don't even know what to say.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, for a crawl, that's that's a awesome
0: crawl. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> I mean, both of these turkeys. This is a, this is crazy. This two days. Well, first of all, we both killed Monday in New York. Mm-hmm. We both killed Tuesday in New York. We now both have killed Wednesday in Maine. <laughs> you got blood on your forehead. I don't know if it's from you or the bird. The uh, I mean, I got it. Yeah. So I know the audio that you got after the hunt was not terribly exciting, but. We were in complete awe of the fact that we never once, before we shot our guns, saw those turkeys out of strut. We couldn't get them to break strut. We were 20 or 25 yards from them and stood up, and they never broke strut. In fact, the turkey that I shot, after we stood up, he locked up even harder. He got that extra little in his strut. I don't know if he felt a challenge by us standing up, or if he just was oblivious to us because of the hens around him, and just by chance was showing off a little bit more for him that very second. But whatever it was, he locked up even harder, and those birds were serious about showing off for the girls. So there we are with two main turkeys on the ground, and not just any slouch turkeys. They were both inch and a quarter to inch and three-eighths spurs, very heavy, very big turkeys. And we killed them in a very unconventional manner. And we were glad to have Maine marked off of the list. So I pulled the truck down to where we shot the turkeys. And we put the turkeys in the truck, drove up to the gentleman's house. And he said, I heard you shoot. Did you get one? And we said, we both shot and we got two you got two of them really yes sir we did and we want to thank you very much are you sure you don't want any meat we have so much meat in the freezer we just don't have room for any turkeys but thank you for asking And we said, well, thank you for giving us the opportunity to hunt on your property. He said, you guys come back anytime. He said, my neighbor next door over there feeds these turkeys and feeds the deer and feeds the geese. And then they all leave her yard and come into my yard and they crap all over the place and they eat up all of my flowers and they dig up all of my gardens and my wife gets so mad. Please come back and kill some more turkeys. And we said, well, thank you for saying that. And as a matter of fact, we've got a buddy that is in Colorado, but is on his way back to New England. And if we get the opportunity, we're going to come back to Maine. And if you don't mind, we'd love to bring him over here and let him see if he can kill that other Tom that was with these two. He said, you just come right on. You're more than welcome. Give me a call and let me know you're on your way and when to expect you. And unfortunately, we never got the opportunity to get back over there with John. But we have a great spot lined up for next year when we go back because we've got to get John a turkey in Maine. And we know exactly where to go and pretty sure we know exactly what to do. We need to be in that guy's front yard at about 6 a.m. sitting next to a tree and have John with his finger on the safety ready to shoot course it will not be that easy it never is there's always a curveball thrown in the mix but those turkeys in that particular area in Maine that we hunted were so used to seeing people so used to seeing vehicles so used to seeing dogs and cats that they didn't really have a fear and I think that's one of the things that really kind of irritated the gentleman that gave us permission to hunt his property, is that they had lost their fear of humans. And I'm going to assume that after they're hatched and they get big enough to fly, that they probably... Don't really have any predators in that area, at least until we get back again next year. So that's the story of the Maine turkeys. And now, after killing two turkeys in Maine, and it's now lunchtime, what else do you do in Maine if you're hungry but go eat lobster and drink some cold beers to celebrate killing two really nice Maine wild turkeys? And that's exactly what we did. We went and had lunch in Kennebunkport. Before we loaded ourselves back up in the vehicle to drive two or three hours to Vermont to try to get a Vermont turkey. And that is the next hunt that I have for you guys. So, the takeaway from this hunt is on those hot, sunny days, turkeys are going to be looking for an area that is shady, an area that has water, any place that you can think of on your hunting property, whether it's public or private, that is two three five degrees cooler with some shade than anywhere else on the place that is a great loafing area for turkeys that is a great place to find turkeys when it gets hot and those are places you and i need to be parking our rear ends and sitting and waiting patiently for a bird to show up so i hope you guys enjoyed the story of the main turkeys And if you did enjoy the story, if you don't mind sharing it on social media for me, on your news feed on Facebook and your news feed on Twitter, I'd be very appreciative. And you can do that by going to the share feature in your podcast player application and selecting to share it on Twitter or to share the episode on Facebook. And I have to say thank you for doing that. It is a huge help to spread the word about the show. And I also have to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com.